Lesher, I'll give you a cue here. MMM Agency 100 Studio Sessions. Rev Health. Okay, we're rolling. Hi, this is Lesha Bouchak, and I'm a senior reporter at MMNF. I'm super excited for you to plug into this episode of the A100 Studio Sessions, a new podcast series that gives members of the MMNM Agency 100 list an opportunity to riff on what sets them apart. In this episode, we're focusing on the agency Rev Health and the four main elements of the agency strategy model brand strategy, medical strategy, access strategy, and omni-channel strategy. The pharmaceutical and biotech landscape is changing. Strategy is advancing quickly with nuances based on category needs, the maturity of the brands being serviced, and markets that value distinct solutions. I'm happy to be joined today by Jeff Farina, Executive Vice President of Strategy at RevHealth, Peter Holmberg, Executive Vice President, Market Access, Chris Coleman, Executive Vice President, Digital, and Valerie Chow, Executive Vice President, Chief Medical Strategist. And they're all here to delve into RevHealth's strategy model and its four pillars that address client needs. So Jeff, I want to start with you. The market has certainly gone through quite a metamorphosis in the past three years. What role does brand planning play in a changing HCP communication landscape? So I actually think that it goes back longer than just the past three years, although obviously the pandemic has uh, accelerated change. To me, it goes back to when the number of information sources through which our customers, whether they be healthcare providers, patients and caregivers or payers, are able to get information and also the fact that people's attention spans have become dramatically shortened either just because of the way they consume information now or all of the different time pressures on them. The analogy I always use is if the 20th century was about being squirted with a hose to get information, this century is about jumping into a pool. Immersion is, is total and instantaneous. Opinions and facts and ideas and concepts are coming at you from all angles at all times for the entire time that you're in the pool. And from our end, what this has done is it's made it a lot easier for our clients and the agencies that support them to sort of lose the brand narrative. Because instead of you know one or two extended conversations about a brand, perhaps with a sales rep or perhaps taking the time to read a review article in a journal or attend a lecture at a convention, well, people are getting pieces of that story from a number of different sources. And if you don't plan for this in advance, it's very difficult to get a coherent story to our audiences, given all of the different places they're picking up parts of that, that story. So strategy, uh, you know, in my opinion, is about marshalling all the resources that we need right up front when we become engaged with the brand. And that's why my colleagues are here as well, because I, I consider that access strategy, medical strategy, and omni-channel strategy are every bit as important as brand strategy in this day and age. So that the four of us and the people that support us are involved with brands from the day we become involved with brands so that we 
map out a sense from day one of exactly how to optimize the delivery of the narrative for whatever brand we're supporting. Yeah, Jeff, I think you've got a couple of really good points there. And I think one of the biggest changes that we've seen, especially post-COVID, is there's a complete inclusion of how we consume brands with the brand. Um, When we begin to look across how most of the consumer and healthcare professional experiences are, um, it is a very complex ecosystem of being passively and actively engaged in both digital, traditional mediums, and in real life. Again, it's part of seeing this huge bell curve of the adoption of telemedicine into the pandemic. Post-pandemic, it's still an engagement model, but it is one that I think is returns, like the pendulum has swung back a little bit to where the healthcare professional in office has become the engagement point, which makes point of care even more relevant. We talk about the inclusion of social media, how we target and discover patients, how we target and discover healthcare professionals. It is a really complex ecosystem of where we're finding the audience, the value of the brand um, and the value of the touch point that we're having at any given point of either whether the analogy is the marketing funnel, a journey or any of the other devices we use in order to plot that out. And that's why the inclusion of these these four pillars is so important because it is not just inclusive of the brand, it's also inclusive of the cost and access model, the medical engagement model, and all of the various touch points, d- digital or traditional, that we're using in order to reach those, those, key, um, those key audience members. The other thing that I didn't mention but should have is I think we're all aware of the incredibly rapid pace with which technology and medical science are changing that also plays into the need to have a a coherent brand strategy and stick to it from the beginning. I mean, I was giving an internal talk the other day, and one of the statistics I used was 50% of people with metastatic melanoma are now alive five years after diagnosis. This is something that a decade ago, when this was in absolute death sentence, was unprecedented. So that to me is just one example of sort of the change that we have to not just assimilate, but also to communicate. How do we change the whole way people think about diseases from, you know, a potential death sentence to something that you can live with for the rest of your life? And this, this has changed every aspect of communication. And that's just one example. I think that's a really good segue into talk about the second point. Yeah. And that one is how does the scientific narrative play into brand strategy? So I'll take this one. I think having that solid scientific narrative, it's critical to both not only formulating the brand strategy, but to effectively communicating it as well with our audiences. And at Rev Health, we've instilled this idea of a science first approach. So where we have that in-depth knowledge of the disease state and the brand, but we consider that as table stakes when it comes to pharmaceutical marketing. Medications themselves, they're becoming more and more complicated. We're looking for ways to treat and aid patients in more individualized ways, right? Where precision medicine, that's your ideal goal. That's your gold standard that everyone is chasing. And then also looking at more and more often, we're looking at these rare disease populations as well. So everything is becoming more complicated. Everything is very complex as far as being able to understand who are these patients? What are, what are physicians looking at? Um, so understanding the science is absolutely key. 
But as far as separating the great and memorable brands that we've come to know from the others, you know, it's the cultivation of that poignant scientific narrative. So where we draw on the wealth of knowledge that we've developed in a space, and then we layer on our understanding of what our audience's mindset is, what are they thinking, then we're able to draw out what are those clinically meaningful pieces of evidence and not just have a massive data dump, right? So pulling out those key pieces of information to actually weave a meaningful story. And so these narratives, they, they have to be founded on scientific evidence, for sure, for credibility, right? Making sure that our clients are able to really go out there and have that, have that credible source of information and they are representing themselves in the best way possible. And that it should speak to audiences in a way that immediately focuses on a recognizable need that the brand can effectively deliver on. And I think Going back to what Jeff had just mentioned, you know, with everything continuously evolving, as far as the science is concerned, how the landscape can continuously evolve, you know, it's really important that we keep a pulse on all of these changes so we can evolve the brand narrative and as well as the strategy as, as time moves on. Now, with costs weighing so heavily in the U.S. healthcare market, what are some of the changing strategies that brands need to be aware of moving forward? Yeah, thanks, Lesha. Um, I think, you know, the, the discussion is, is more about value and less about cost these days. I think that there's, you know, value is defined in, in a number of different ways based on the stakeholder who, with whom you're speaking. I think safety and efficacy, as Valerie just pointed out, that's table stakes. These drugs have got to work. They have got to, you know, cause uh, less harm and, and more good. And so I think every stakeholder involved in the equation is concerned about the safety and the efficacy of the drug. But beyond that, I think when you're talking about patients, they're looking at potentially the out-of-pocket burden. They're looking at quality of life. They're looking at ways in which this, these drugs and medications are going to help them and their caregivers lead a, a better, longer life. If you're looking at the HCP, their first concern, first and foremost, of course, is always around, you know, how well is this drug work? in comparison to my previous standard of care or the rest of the market basket and when and where should I be using this drug. But from a value standpoint, they're also very concerned with what is the burden going to be on my office if I prescribe this drug? How easy is it for, for the patient to receive this drug? And am I going to be able to have, uh, be sure that they stay on the drug for a meaningful period of time? So they're looking at other elements of the drug beyond that of just safety and efficacy to truly define its value. And then payers, of course, they are, they're very concerned of the price, yes, but they're also looking at the predictability of the cost of this drug and for this patient through the course of their therapy and through the course of their lives. So they're looking not just at what is this going to cost today, but help me predict what this will cost me in the future. And so that to them is, is a great value, and they're looking to understand that better. Ideally, we're coming to market with um, not just that information, but also some of the cost offsets that a payer would uh, realize and appreciate, and the way in which we can uh, defer medical costs or hospitalizations or other concomitant use of other therapies. Those are all questions that are expected of the brand when they come to market to have that kind of discussion. So, you know, when we talk about cost, I, I really believe the, the discussion has shifted more to value, and that value has got to be defined by whom you're speaking to, and then how we convey that and where we convey that. I think, Chris, you could probably touch on that a great deal in terms of the different channels that are available to us. 
Yeah, I think it's an exciting time to reach this audience because like every other audience in the spectrum of communication, whether or not it be clinical and making sure that the science messaging is relevant from a brand experience, which affects an umbrella over the entire group, that finally being able to identify these audiences and engage them as they are a decision maker as they had been previously, but really addressing them as such with a value proposition that is enticing, that meets their needs as a participating audience member, and being able to use data in order to shape the access to that audience and make it approachable. We're moving away from this model of it being truly account-driven, which it had been for so long, and for us to have really relevant digital tools that are accessible, that are cost-effective for brands to be able to produce and market and franchise levels, to be able to produce and market and also making sure that we're able to do so in a compelling way that has an intuitive user experience. Our audiences are just like every other category of professional at this point, overburdened by the number of tasks that they have to do in a day, the burdens of understanding a changing landscape because it is rapidly progressing relative to the the frequency at which it evolves and the decision-making process that need to get. And everyone wants an easy button. And this is where brands can truly play and provide a value to all of these audiences. And part of the reason why, you know, the the four of us have come together in order to to create the pillars inside of the organization, because there's a huge unlock in being able to address the needs, not just in what is going to satiate each of our individual audiences, but where do the Venn diagram of those audiences overlap so we can able, so we're able to support the patient. Now, how do these four pillars of strategy that you've pinpointed, brand strategy, medical strategy, access strategy, and omnichannel strategy, how do all those integrate into RevHealth's workflow and culture? Yeah, I can't show you this visually, but basically when I was asked to start a brand strategy group at RevHealth, I sketched out this model. It's a triangle with brand strategy at the center and the apexes of the triangle are medical strategy, omni-channel strategy, and access strategy. And I'm a big believer in if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We already had a medical strategy function at RevHealth. We already had an omni-channel strategy function. And although newer, we already had an access strategy function. So I see the way that we all work together as brand strategy has certain specific functions, both with the client and internally. One is to develop a comprehensive set of strategic tools for the entire agency and ensure that all of the client-facing people at the agency are understand those tools and are consistent in how they apply them to all the brands they work on, oversee the insight mining process, and the working with the creative team to develop and validate foundational elements for each brand, whether they be visual elements or the core story and the narrative for the brand, to work with Chris's team as far as measuring what we do. Can we further optimize commercial initiatives in a way that, you know, provides, you know, more bang for the buck? Do messages need to be titrated? Because obviously every client today wants to know, you know, what's the ROI on what you're, you're proposing? Brand strategy is going to have a leadership role in all of our new business efforts. And finally, um, you know, part of part of the job, I think, that's very important is analysis of a lot of these uh, trends that are occurring um, in the healthcare space, whether they be medical or clinical trends, technology trends, or trends in the way that healthcare is delivered, i.e. changes in CMS policy, things like that. Because 
our clients suffer from the same issues as our customers, and that is there are just so many, so many hours in the day, and there's not enough time to keep current on every development that affects the brands that, you know, that they market, and they need help with that. And I, I think they are looking more and more to agencies to help them. So that's my sort of long-winded way of saying that I believe brand strategy has specific functions, but it also functions as a conductor or, if you like, sports analogies, the point guard on an NBA team in terms of making sure that all of the brands we support receive comprehensive strategic support that involves not just brand strategy, but medical strategy, access strategy, and omni-channel strategy, and involves them from the day we we become, um, you know, that we that we that, that we start to interact with that brand, whether it's in a new business pitch, or a launch, or an existing brand that moves to us from another agency. So it's a model that's based on the idea that these four pillars are equally important, but brand strategy has the extra role of making sure to advocate for the other three groups so that they're involved exactly when they need to be for as long as they need to be. Yeah, Jeff, I would I'd add there, you know, you, you've done a, a masterful job always guiding this strategic vision for us. And I think one of the, the key elements that we have here at Rev is that we're not just partnering with our clients. We're not just there for the brand team, but we have a really keen focus on on their customers, right? Understanding what it is that a payer needs or an HCP, a nurse, a doctor, and a medical assistant, the patients, the caregivers, and understanding what it is they, they need so we can best develop strategy and messages that are relevant to each of those audiences, each of those stakeholders, because they've got to be communicated with different depths of science and, and content relative to the, the scientific platform that Val spoke about earlier, but also talk about the economics that may be uh, of interest in the practice and, of course, at the payer level, and then some of the practical elements that patients and caregivers care about. And I think what we've always um, helped our clients with is being focused on that end user. Who's going to be hearing this message in a way that's going to allow for conversations between them when we're not present to be really relevant and to resonate and be very productive so that they're all working off of a similar platform of data, of science, of messaging, so that they are able to make a prescribing decision and help articulate the reasons why they need to stay on the therapy for, for the period of time that's been prescribed. So I, I think, you know, integrating it in a manner in which you described, but also doing so, so it's integrated on the end user side, that's really w- one of the areas where I think Rev has always had a keen focus and, and really been very, very effective. Now, finally, how do all of these disciplines of strategy enhance client engagement? Well, again, I think I think this gets back to the fact that although the good news for all of our customers is that there are more touch points that allow them to interact with brands, I think the bad news for our clients is that it enables, just because of that, it enables the, the, the brand narrative to become more fragmented. So, I think that the the key thing that we do for all of our clients is make sure that we understand the story, the the, the full story of the the brand, how to talk to HCPs, what do they want out of the brand, how to talk to consumers and patients and caregivers and what they want out of the brand, how to talk to payers and what they want out of the brand. 
I think all of that has to be mapped out by, uh, you know, working with our clients up front to the best of our ability, because only then can we, um, we assess and understand which channels to use to provide which parts of the brand narrative to which audience at which particular time. Um, it, it's, a, it's a much more complicated process than it ever was when, when it was easy to say, well, we'll just arm the sales force with material X and, and they're going to they're gonna carry the ball for us. Um, again, it's, it's incredibly easy to lose sight of that overall narrative unless you have all of these aspects of strategy working with you as a client to ensure that that doesn't happen. And not just look at it from the perspective of today, but how are things going to change a year from now, five years from now, as technology changes and also as new information about the brand becomes available. So, uh, you know, to me, that's that's really what we offer to clients and why it's so exciting to have to be able to create this structure, um, you know, almost from the ground up. Yeah. I also think our clients' needs and wants change dramatically based on their architecture. Um you know, I worked with Val on those those clients that are specially weighted inside of their clinical development and working through the messaging, because as much as we want to talk about targeting a specific audience and um, using the best resources we have in order to reach them across multiple channels, if that scientific narrative, if the scientific messaging doesn't resonate and isn't meaningful in the marketplace or isn't informed by an overall brand experience or isn't accessible, we're not dealing with the client's business problems in multiple dimensions. And I think the, what's exciting about practicing in the area, um, especially beneath the strategy moniker, is that it is truly is intellect. It truly is an intellectual uh, exercise, one that requires looking at the client's problems in multiple dimensions, thinking through the immediate needs and then those long term needs. Um, Jeff brought up technology as as a pathway to look forward. There's also marketplace, um, the appetite for uh, for specific clinical needs, the appetite for the access dialogue, which is it's several factors, including you know end cost to our. Um, our, our, our end audience, both the payers and the patients, and how the healthcare professionals are going to be affected by that. It's such a complex narrative and one that makes working inside of the category so exciting. And one in particular that makes bringing this kind of strategic offering to our clients um, exciting and a lot of fun. Great. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today and for providing your expertise on these four pillars of strategy. And we have one final question before we close today. This being the Agency 100 Studio Sessions podcast, we've been asking all of our guests this question, and it is, what is the last song you listened to? The last song that I listened to. Okay, I'll tell you the last song that I listened to, and that was a song um, by one of my favorite songwriters and probably one of the most underrated musicians and especially guitar players in music and that's the song wall of death by richard thompson all right nice i was listening to queen on the way down and don't stop me now was the song that um i last heard and it's always a good way to start any day but especially a monday (laughs) motivational one (laughs) for sure i just took my two little girls um, to the movie theater for the first time this weekend. So we went and watched The Little Mermaid. So naturally, the last song that we listened to in the car was Part of Your World. So. Aww. 
<laughs> I, I'm kicking a little old school. I have a uh, shake it up by the cars. There you go. These are all good, uh, good songs. Solid choices. <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.